The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumblings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I wanted to remind you, you can send in your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. Voicemails always get priority. You can send text messages to that number as well, 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at rumblingsq&a. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can send us emails, rumblings at sbnation.com. Facebook and Instagram messages eventually make their way to me from the official Buffalo Rumblings accounts, but they're not the most efficient way to get a hold of me. So send in your questions for next week's episode as we are rapidly approaching the 2022 NFL Draft. The Buffalo Bills created a whole bunch of salary cap space since I last talked to you. I broke that all down over at buffalorumblings.com, both the increase in salary cap space which would allow the Bills to sign a veteran swing tackle or a veteran cornerback. The two positions I said were the biggest needs currently still left on the roster when we last talked on last week's episode. So they have the cap space to do that if they want to, whether it's before or after the draft. We also broke down all of the numbers for the Stefan Diggs contract. I think it's a really great contract for both sides. Um, I think there's a really good chance that Stefan Diggs could see the entire length of the contract and see the end of the contract. Um, I think it's just like I said, it's a good deal on both sides. And, you know, in a few years, it's going to look like an absolute bargain uh, for Stefan Diggs um, when he's what, 31 years old and uh, still in the top 10 in the NFL and, and things like yards and catches. So uh, I'm really glad um, that we put out the roster pro- or the uh, contract projection for Stefan Diggs early last week before he agreed to that contract because I think it really matched up nicely. Um, the 25 year or 25 million dollars a year average was really great. I thought that the Bills would have to put on an inflated number at the end, um, similar to Tyreek Hill or Devonte Adams. They didn't have to do that, so. Um, the numbers don't necessarily look as sexy as those two contracts, but I think if you look at 
you know, $25 million in practical money each year. You know, it's exactly the same as what Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams signed for. So um, good on the Bills, good on Stephon Diggs, good on Stephon Diggs' agent. Um, I just think it's a really uh, well-written deal all the way around. And I'm not going to belabor the point because we've already written about it over at buffalorumblings.com and plenty of folks have already talked about it on the podcast. Um, it came out the day after our last podcast, my last podcast, a, a week ago. And so I wasn't able to talk about it on last week's show. So I thought I'd give a little bit of a, a breakdown of it early on. But again, you can go read my thoughts over at buffalorumblings.com, including all of the contract details for Stefan Diggs. Okay, let's get into your questions for this week's episode. And we're going to start with a voicemail because remember, voicemails always get priority over at 716-508-0405. Hey man, it's Eric 007 from Twitter. Here in Buffalo, I have a question, I have a question. I have a, it's, it's really eating at me. It's, it's eating at me because the draft is like coming right along. It's going to be here in just a couple of short weeks. We have eight draft picks, eight draft picks, but I don't think we have eight spots on the roster for these rookies. Doesn't it make more sense that we're definitely going to trade at least yeah, two or three of those draft picks away this year. What do you think? What do you think? Thanks for that question, Eric, at the voicemail line, 716-508-0405. I agree with you, and we saw that on the Bills roster in 2021 when they had to cut good NFL players to get under the 53-man roster limit. A couple of their draft picks ended up on their practice squad and then were signed two other teams' active rosters, and so they lost folks that way. I agree. We've seen Brandon Bean with a propensity to trade up, uh, to package a couple picks uh, to move up in the draft. Um, the upcoming SB Nation writers mock, um, I didn't have a problem trading day three picks to move up to get a player that I really liked, um, and I thought that there was a consensus around um, and we'll get into more of that in the next couple weeks as the SB Nation um, writer's mock kicks off. But I've got no problem packaging day three picks to move up, whether that's moving up in the third round to select a guy that you might have a second round grade on that's falling, um, moving up in the second round to select a guy with a first round grade that's falling. I mean, Brandon Bean has done that with, with Cody Ford and um, you know several other players over the years. He's seen folks that he wanted to get and traded up to get them and um, I'm, I'm with you I don't see eight roster spots available um, for the Buffalo Bills this offseason so like that's why you might see them draft a punter later because that guy might be able to find a path towards a a roster spot you you heard Brandon B talk about that when he drafted Tyler Bass a couple of years ago. He's like, we really felt he had a good shot of making the roster as opposed to a player from another position that wouldn't have had a shot to make the roster. So you might see the punter enter the conversation, you know, in the middle, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds for the Buffalo Bills because of a path to the roster. You might see even like a safety or, you know, a long-term depth option at a lot of different positions um, come into play at that spot, um, even if they might not be able to contribute right away. Um, but yeah, they've, they've got positions where they can do that, um, take a guy in the later rounds and develop them. 
but not a whole lot of those uh, spots. So, um, yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, and I would expect Brandon Bean to try to package something to move up in this year's draft. Um, not necessarily to move to, like, uh, say, trade a third rounder this year for a third rounder next year um, or anything like that. Um, I think that he still wants to put together, you know, top level talent this year. Um, but, you know, trading those day three picks, you know, there are some teams that need bodies um, and there are some teams that need you know, top flight bodies. And so there's there are some teams that are going to be looking to trade back um, in the NFL draft this offseason. So that's a great question, Eric. Uh, thanks for sending it in to our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. Instead of trying to cram another quick question in here before the break, we're going to take an early break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Two sort of related questions coming into uh, Twitter at Rumlings Q and A that I wanted to kind of lump together. Uh, Michael Herringer asks us, is there any chance on signing Stefan Gilmore? That second cornerback is what we need to reach the promised land. And Chris Gill asks us, what are your thoughts on picking up a free agent cornerback before the draft? If so, who do you think it might be? So those are kind of related, talking about the Buffalo Bills cornerback situation. Personally speaking, I would prefer that the Bills sign a veteran offensive tackle that's not named Bobby Hart to come in and be that third offensive tackle swing tackle. They've got, you know, a veteran at left tackle and Deion Dawkins, but then they have two players entering their second year at offensive tackle in Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle. I would love to see a veteran come in to be able to compete with Doyle and push Doyle and then kind of like shepherd along <clears throat> those two um, really young offensive tackles. So that's what I'd prefer over a cornerback. Um, I think that the Bills should draft a cornerback in the first or second round. I've been on that train all offseason. It lines up with Tredavious White's contract to have a cost-controlled top-flight cornerback opposite of him for the next five years in the case of a first-round pick or four years in the case of a second-round pick. It lines up with the end of White's contract. Um, so you can cost control, especially with Taron Johnson also getting a, a pretty nice contract extension from the Bills last season. Plus, you've got Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde making bank, and so your whole secondary can't be you know, super expensive veteran Contracts, And so I would love to see a cost-controlled contract from a first or second round pick for the next four or five years. So I think it makes too much sense. Now, with that being said, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have shown over and over again that they don't prioritize that second cornerback position the way that I do. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Bills went out and signed a two or three million dollar veteran cornerback and let him battle with Dane Jackson the same way they did with Levi Wallace and a couple of bargain basement cornerbacks over the years. 
With all that being said, I don't think Stefan Gilmore is that right fit for that. I think he's going to want too much money. And then you'll have you know just a huge amount of your salary cap tied up with Stefan Gilmore, Tredavious White, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Taron Johnson. Um, even if you look at the back seven as a whole, you know, Tremaine Edmonds has a huge contract number. Matt Milano has a very large cap hit this year. Not quite as big as Tremaine Edmonds uh, because they restructured Milano's deal, but you've got you know, seven really big contracts on the back end. Um, if you if you sign a, a, a Stefan Gilmore or a veteran of his caliber, so I'm thinking more of like you know your three million dollar veteran cornerbacks than your eight or nine or ten million dollar veteran cornerbacks. Um, I just think that it doesn't make sense financially for the Bills, either in 2022 or going forward. So even if you want to push all your chips into the table, I think there's a way to do it at the cornerback position that's a little bit smarter financially. Um, that doesn't mean the Bills won't add a veteran cornerback. Uh, we did put together a list of cornerbacks over the weekend at buffalorumlings.com that are still available. So if you want to go take a look at that, I'll pop those into the show notes as well. Um, Sean Murphy put that together on Sunday. Stefan Gilmore was at the top of the list, but a guy like Joe Hayden should be a lot cheaper than Gilmore. Uh, A.J. Bowie, um, Kevin King, Xavier Rhodes, Greg Mabin, Jackrabbit Jenkins, Trill Williams. Those are all cheaper options that the Bills can bring in to compete. And then, um, you know, let your safeties do it. Let your nickel cornerback and your um, pass rush that you invested in and all that other stuff. So this all kind of works together and I just I don't see them spending you know a pretty penny at that cornerback position. It's why I want them to draft a guy on the first or second day of the 2022 NFL draft. Thanks for your questions over at Rumblings Q&A on Twitter. Uh, both of you guys thanks for uh, thanks for following. Let's keep it going on the Twitter train here and change it over to the NFL draft where Dave Reed asks us, what are the chances that Buffalo targets San Diego State's punter? He's a field flipping machine. I definitely think Matt Ariza is in play for the Buffalo Bills. Um, the only question is going to be how high would Buffalo or any other team value him? He's absolutely a field flipping machine. He's done so many things in the college ranks that you know have made him be noticed by fans and obviously college football winning the top uh, kicker in college football award or top punter in college football award um, draft analysts love him it's just how high are teams going to go on him is some team going to use a fourth round pick on a punter that's you know that's a big question right now with Matt Ariza. Brian Anger was selected 70th overall um, in the third round of the 2012 NFL Draft. Um, Todd Sauerbrunn, way back in 1995, was selected 56th overall. I wouldn't expect anybody to go in the second round like that. Uh, but I could see somebody going at the tail end of the third round. 70 overall is pretty high. Um, you know, if, if the Bills use their third round pick on a punter, you know, are Bills fans going to be happy? I probably wouldn't be. Um, so then I guess you're looking at the fourth round pick, and I probably would be okay with the Bills using their fourth round pick on Matt Ariza, if that's what it came down to, and he was the best player left on their board. The other question comes, 
you know, he doesn't have a ton of experience as a holder. Um, obviously, that can be worked on, but one of the things the Bills prioritized last year was the holding ability of Matt Hawk, and that was the reason he was still on this team for the love of God. And so, if that was such a priority last year, are they going to completely flip and just use a punter for punting in 2022? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they lowered Matt Ariza's draft grade based solely on the fact that he hasn't held for kick or for, you know, field goals and extra points as much as some of these other players have. So that's another piece of the puzzle you have to consider with Matt Ariza. But I would probably be okay with the Bills using any pick from the fourth round on on a punter, um, especially a weapon like Matt Ariza. Um, I haven't done a ton of statistical analysis to back that up, but they have a hole on their roster. If they can fill it with a fourth-round pick or a fifth-round pick, I'm okay with that, especially keeping a guy cost-controlled. You know how I love cost-controlled players on the roster. So, you know, if you fill four holes in the first four rounds of the NFL draft and punter is the last one of them, I'm okay with that. So thanks for your question over on Twitter, at Rumlings Q and A. Our last question uh, comes from P Martz on Twitter, at Rumlings Q and A. He asks us, I love the Bills uniforms, but at what point should a change be considered any design preferences? I absolutely love the current design of the Buffalo Bills uniform, and I would not change them. Um, I'm interested in throwbacks. I am interested in a 90s throwback at some point. Um, I'm interested even in an early 2000s throwback so that Del Reed can have a coronary at some point. Um, I'm interested. I like throwback uniforms. Going back to the AFL uniforms is always fun. But I think as the main design of the uniform, I love, love, love the current Bills uniform with white pants. I don't like the blue pants. The blue pants are terrible. I think they should never wear them again. I've done statistical analysis on how badly the Bills have performed with blue pants on. I do not like them at all. Uh, but the blue uniforms with the white pants look exquisite. Uh, the white jerseys with the white pants looks awesome. I'd love someday for them to see the red uniform with the white pants at some point. I know that they don't want to do that. Um, the NFL doesn't like, they want to do the color rush together, but not, you know, as, as piecemeal. Um, so maybe someday we'll see that. But I just, I absolutely love the way that the Bills uniforms look right now and would not want them to change them. Thanks for your question over on Twitter at Rumlings Q&A. That's going to put this episode to bed. As always, you can send in your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumlings Q&A. Uh, that's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Email Rumlings at sbnation.com. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Send in your questions for future episodes. Um, we've got the SB Nation Writers Mock coming up in a couple weeks, and that'll take a big chunk of that episode. Um, so if you have draft questions, get them in for the next week's episode. Set to drop on April 19th. If you like our show or any of the shows on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network, it would really, really help us if you could leave a review on iTunes or wherever 
wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, it would be really great if you could tell a friend about our podcast network uh, to get more subscribers. It really, really makes a difference and that personal connection helps a lot. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast feed as well so you never miss a show and it always pops up in your latest podcast feed. Go check out the show notes over at buffalorumblings.com. Give us a follow on Twitter. Thanks for listening and go Bills.